I got a dildo. What? What? Are you logged into Roll20, Harlan? I've been logged into Roll20 from the first encounter. For the first encounter? The first half. For the stream? Yes. Oh my God. Because I did not want to be on record not knowing my password. (laughs) The question is, did you have to reset your password for the stream? I don't have to answer that question. It's like vaccination. I think think HIPAA says I don't have to... Yes, you do. Yes, you fucking do. Our patrons demand the fucking truth. You do it right now for fucking Lee and Matt <laughs> and Yoga. And you tell me right now whether or not you had to reset your password. You better I tell me the truth. Did. I definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find religion. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast. The Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast that finally mutinied against its surly DM and overthrew him. My name's Jazz, and I'm playing Fate, and today I'll be the host of your pre-, mid-, and post-show announcements, at least until someone gets his voice back. Episode 35, the Soggy Bottom Boys and their swamp assery have coalesced into a full-blown case of Candida. Google it. Or don't. You've been warned. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. We sincerely appreciate you for making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedules. And a special thank you to our patrons whose investment helps us to improve the show and offer more content. Be sure to hang out after the episode to find out exactly what rewards they're getting besides a well-deserved feeling of moral superiority. Quick reminder that Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly podcast due to a mix of profanity, fantasy violence, gore, and crude humor. Any specific content warnings will be in the show notes below. Finally, before we get into the episode, COVID is still an issue, so please take care. Mask up, get vaccinated if you haven't already. Get your booster, get your kids vaccinated. Remember, your action not only ensures you've got the best chance of making it through this, it benefits the community around you. It doesn't take a lot to be better than one of the party of five. Here's your chance. On that note, on to the show. And we're back with the party of five. And this is Harlan playing Todd the Tiefling, a.k.a. T to the O double D, a.k.a. And Todd we trust, a.k.a. your favorite bounty hunters, favorite bounty hunter. and. The all original, never heard it before in my life, a.k.a. the Todd Father. That is original. That's unique. You came up with that yourself, do you say? I, I just did, yeah. Never seen that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I don't have any more. Moyle. <laughs> Andrew, are you still with us? <laughs> He's not here. Oh, he? I, was thought, I wasn't sure if Todd was done. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Andrew playing Moyle, the medicine man with the healing hands. All right. Andrew, coming with the rhyme. Stepping on my bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jamie playing Eldrin Cineros, the ranger whose aim is bringing the pain. <laughs> See, that's two clever lines in the same day, man. Broken the curse. Mm, here I come to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jazz playing Fate, the wizard who brings the magic to this gathering. Oh, God, that was so corny, but so fucking good. That is mwah, dad joke perfection. Fair. It's very Fate. Bring it home, Baba. You're welcome. You're welcome. And Anthony playing Baba Tunde. Where we left off, because it's been a minute, uh, you guys slugged through the swamp, encountered so many different perils from spitting spiders to British ogres to Sergeant Pepper bullywugs to feather-inducing hot tubs. But finally, you made your way to Gundren's 
place of, of power where it, you discovered she was protecting a group of uh, swamp-born refugees who'd been driven to seek her protection from a huge elemental disturbance that had been happening in the core of the, of the Southern Fens, uh, exactly in the direction that the beacon is pointing you to for Moyle's stabilizing agent. You learned some facts about Gundren along the way, uh, specifically that she was a fae and was actually a little bit more involved in Moyle wandering into the swamp than he originally remembered. Gundren as a fae who had a falling out with the summer court, was banished to the prime material and forced to live in the form that she's currently in, sought to use Moyle's natural dragonborn link to the primal forces of which he is particularly strong to break free of her curse, but uh, Moyle ended up falling under the sway of Ralashaz, which robbed her of that, uh, of that boon, something that she never just really seemed to quite get over. But after hashing that out for a little bit, uh, Gundren instructed you that, you know, you guys were heading into a, a bubble of pure elemental chaos. And if you went into that bubble with too rigid a mindset, your consciousness could be shredded. And so she encouraged you guys to uh, engage in one of Moyle's favorite pastime, eating some uh, some shrooms and and seeing where it took you you guys had this joint strange shared experience where you were perhaps in another dimension and were other people pretending to be you in a stage or theatrical production of the part about the party of five uh, the, the ending of that experience is a little bit hazy you came back crashed out for the day and now we are waking up on our fourth day Moyle, you wake up molting your golden feathers, shedding out from your scales as you return back to normal. Uh, you are a little bit uh, better equipped. You actually talked about you being able to find like your training leather armor was in your bedroom because Gundren did keep all your stuff in your bedroom when you were a kid. So you would have your training Warhammer. Uh, she had a set of two positive healing only brother hammers. And I think your, your training leathers from when you were originally doing your sparring practice, learning how to fight. But if you wanted to get something a little bit more sophisticated, you guys would have to go out into the swap meet. So Gundren kind of rounds you guys up into the common area of her giant weeping willow home, serves you a breakfast. This time, the muffins are not hallucinogenic. She fixes you up a nice continental breakfast to prepare you for the next leg of your challenge. Yeah. Now, y'all... So here's the thing. Y'all are going to head right on down into the center of the fins where there's this uh, the, this focus, this this rift in the elements that is pulsing out energy that's causing all this craziness that have driven all these people up on my doorstep. You're going to have to find a way to get there. Now, I don't know if y'all saw the lizard folk as you came in. Those fellers are particularly good with mechanics, and I think they've been working with some of the goblin fellers to put together a, a mode of transportation that uh, might be able to get you through it. So, you, you know, whenever y'all are ready to go, y'all just got to head on down to, uh, to the, the east side of, the, of the, the little area next to the, the levee. They'll meet you kind of up on top of that levee and you'll be good to go. Now, you know, you're going to have to negotiate how you rent the boats from them. Nothing's free and we're a barter economy. So it's not going to be like, but I'm pretty sure y'all can work something out. Mo Moyle runs to his uh, room to go grab his leathers. Moyle, honey, Gundring follows you over there. And as you're getting dressed, just totally no sense of decorum, just opens the door while you're stripping down. She goes, now, Moyle, honey, look, I know there's been some things that have come out over the last couple of days that may change what you thought about how 
you know, Gondren raised you to be a tool for her own own needs, just kind of like Rala Shaz has been using you for your your religion over these last couple of years. And, you know, you're going to come up on some stuff here in the next couple of days. And I, I don't know what's going to happen when you head on into that big bubble of elemental madness. But, you know, just just consider coming back and helping out old Gundren. You know, there's still a place for you and your power right here in the swamp. You don't have to go on off with these these other fellas. Well, but Gundren, I, uh, and as I'm talking, I'm putting my pants on and I'm stuffing a sock down in there. <laughs> and, uh. Oh, honey, honey, hang on. She, you see her flit out and come back with like a swamp gourd. <laughs> so she goes, here, here, honey, just like the old days. So what, what, I can't go. Uh, I can't go uh, elsewhere. Uh, or I have to go with them because uh, we're connected at this uh, the shard, and so I couldn't even stay here if I wanted to. You know, you don't know what's going to happen after you get that piece out there, and just just think about it. Just think about coming back to Old Gundren. We, there's still something we can use you for here. You still have a place and a role here for Gundren. I just want you to remember that. All right. Well, that's very sweet of you. Uh, thank you so much, Gundry. Anytime, Moyle. Do we do we hear this? Probably not. Moyle's room is back, okay. further back into the tree. And unless you explicitly followed him to go watch him change, she kind of flitted off after him when he went back there. Okay. So y'all head on out to the bazaar, round up any last minute supplies that you need. This is probably going to be your last opportunity to get any supplies before you come back through this way, assuming you all survive. Uh, and then uh, head on up to the east side of the, the levee and talk to, hang on just a second here while your Dungeon Master opens up the uh, Discord to get some Patreon NPC names real quick for those lizard <laughs> folk. Because your generous patrons pay for the benefit to occasionally have characters that they reference appear in the podcast. Now, this part probably will be edited out, but maybe not. Maybe this is a promotional piece. <laughs> so you're going to go up there. The, the head lizard folk. His name is Dingus, Dingus Khan. He thinks he's really important. He calls himself a Khan, a little So Dingus Khan, and then uh, you'll remember him from when you were little. He used to push Moyle around a little bit when he was little, and but he was always jealous of Moyle's uh, fast hands, he called it. Little, little Moyle fast hands. Uh, and then his, uh, his goblin buddy it would be uh, Hans Snitchelgarden. Snitchel? Snitzel? God, that is not easy for old Gundren to say. Hans? Snitzel Garden. He's a feller who crashed into the swamp about six months ago on this big balloon. Been working with the lizard folk ever since then on some of their engineering projects. So when you're ready to go, you go see Dingus and Hans and they'll they'll get you all set up. Okay. All right. Is there anything you guys want to do with Gunner before heading out? No. Did we, did, has Moyle walked out of the room and is amongst the, the group yet? Yeah. So upon Moyle walking out, we immediately noticed He's got a pumpkin in his in his pants. Like there's, there's no way around that. We have to know. We have to bring that. Uh, I think you should be rolling for perception. You gotta roll. Let's go ahead and give <laughs> me some perception checks. <laughs> there's no way a, a gourd in somebody's pants after we know what Moyle is packing doesn't immediately. I mean, if you say you immediately notice, then we're we're canonizing the the first thing that happens when Moyle walks into the room is you look at his crotch. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Moyle rolled a uh, stealth check. A junk check. A junk check. Listen, if if a pumpkin is in your pants, it's known. You you notice. Junk check. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you just said a gourd was in his pants. That is weird. Why did you roll a stealth roll? Why did I roll a stealth roll? Yes. To hide it. Is that you trying to hide your junk? To see how hidden my junk actually is. <laughs> it's a, it'd be a roll versus roll. Harland, 
I'm not sure if you would notice it. Eldrin got a 19. Todd got a 6. Uh, Baba got a 23. <laughs> Todd did not notice. Well, I guess Todd did not notice. Baba noticed. Moyle, <laughs> your men's health is important. He was doing a self-check. He got a 12. Oh. Confident that there's not a lump, but he might have a little bit of an infection down there. <laughs> Because there is some soreness. And then Todd was rolling every check possible. That's not Todd. <laughs> That's fate. Fate rolled a 20. Okay. Everybody pretty much except for Todd grocks <laughs> that Moyle has stuffed his tight-fitting leather armor pants with some kind of swamp. Not zucchini, but it is a uh, regional dwarf eggplant species, which is ironic because, I mean, most people would be like, why are you putting a gherkin in your fucking pants? But for Moyle, that is kind of an ugly. So it is like a, a mini eggplant that Moyle has stuffed into his trousers. Eldrin just looks over at Baba, makes eye contact, looks back at Moyle and shakes his head. <laughs> Baba shrugs. Can uh, can Moyle roll a perception to find that magical book on the shelf? Absolutely not. Oh, you don't have any clue. Moyle, I tried for you. Is there anything else you guys want to do with Gundrum before you head out? So wait, didn't Fate find a magic scroll in the house already? Of course, Fate looking for magic. It never fails. No, Fate. No. <laughs> oh. no. no. Did we not? Did we not? I thought uh, we did. I thought magic we did. Scroll. Yeah. I could have swore you gave me some type of... What magic scroll? If you didn't write it down, it doesn't exist. Man, if only you got a pad with a pen. <laughs> wow. Shots fired, sir. Come on. We were just talking about taking notes earlier. Yeah, but I don't take notes because Eldrin yeah, does. Yeah, there's a pad of paper. <laughs> All right. Well, what's the ask, Fate? What are you? What are you trying to get? Suggest. Suggest. No, uh, I think you asked about that last time, and <laughs> we talked about the the I'm downtime still... episodes when you guys go back to Teliasin. That's going to be Fate's primary opportunity to get new spells in between each arc. That's part of why I set up Fate's obligation to do community service right. as part of his guild membership, so that I could give you a a small storytelling task, which would allow you to pick three or four spells without having to worry about how many gold you had in between each arc. Uh, that wasn't that. I didn't get all that information the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's building to. That's why I explicitly said, hey, you've got community service that you have to do next time you come back. Gotcha. I didn't want to have to constantly worry about a gold tally for you to have spells so yeah, you've got that as a resource. Every time you go back to Talies and you've got access to the guild libraries gotcha. in your community service and your membership in the guild will grant you a certain number of spells each level and we can we can work out that. So cool. The bazaar is there. You guys don't see anything with anybody with anything in as interesting as the goblin hat, but if there's any mundane equipment or anything that you guys want to get now would be the time. If not, we're going to head east over to where Hans and Dingus are uh, you can hear some banging and some kind of loud banter back and forth between a lizard man and a goblin. Can I add that the, those pants I left when I was like 100 pounds lighter? Yes. 50 pounds lighter, something like that? Yes. So those are really tight on me. Are you muffin topping then? Are you? <laughs> what That's some genuine training armor right there. It is Fisher Price armor. It's got like an Oshkosh, like almost like a overall kind of onesie look to it a little bit, but with without being like short pants. So it is very clearly meant to be training armor, but better better than nothing. You guys head out east from Gundren's Willow, kind of through the refugee flea market 
over to the, the levee that she's used her magic to shape and push the moisture back to create that campground for them. You just crest up the levee and, you know, right as you get to the top, you can see where you're supposed to go. There is a average height lizard man who's got a little bit more uh, crocodile-esque features than the guys that you encountered on the motorcycle, kind of standing there having a little bit of a heated discussion with a goblin in full tinker gear, hard hat, right where the water comes up to the levee. You can see four boats. They don't look like boats you've seen before. It's a flat bottom boat that appears to be constructed out of a thin metal that is very square at the back end and has a square front curving prow. Then at the back of it is a large propeller or fan would probably be a better word for it suspended in a cage. Uh, so you've got this big fan at the back of it in a cage that appears to be constructed of swamp cypress and large palm fronds that have been stiffened and hardened somewhere. In front of that is like a dual lever, like you would see on a rail hand cart, where one, one person would stand on each side and pump it up and down that would appear to, to operate the fan. Slightly in front of that is an, like a captain's chair that's elevated on a platform that's a good five feet up from the base of the boat to where your top of your head would be even with the fan. So you would be able to see out above anybody who is standing in the front of the boat. And on each side of that chair is a lever that appears to steer the orientation of the fan and perhaps a rudder of some kind. So it's a very, very, very strange looking uh, uh, boat. These are airboats, dude. Okay, this is your requisite swamp. The mode of trip. Uh, Burt Reynolds Gator airboat. And you can see Dingus and uh, Hans kind of going back and forth. And then Dingus glances up as he senses you guys approaching and his eyes lock onto Moyle Mossberg and he just stops talking. And, and Hans gesticulates at him for a little bit and realizes his attention has been grabbed by something else. And he turns around and he goes, what, uh, what, uh, what are we doing with you guys? Uh, we're going uh, south. Can you take us there? Where are we going? No, I'm not taking you anywhere. If you want to buy or rent one of our boats... I could definitely uh, use some, uh, yeah, let's say, let's say test pilots. Let's call them test pilots for these boats. Yeah, we've taken them out short distances, but we really haven't put them through a beating. And if you're headed towards the center of the swamp, <laughs> I can't think of a better thing to put them through the paces. And, uh, you know, as soon as it looks like you and uh, Hans are entering into a negotiation, you just see uh, Dingus shaking his head back and forth negatively pretty violently. No, not for Mossberg. Um, and well, you remember this guy. He was not a, not a bully because you're a big kid. But this guy belongs to the Lizard Man village that is closest to Gundren's Willow. And Gundren was never really big on visitors. Like this whole refugee camp thing where people have come and sheltered under her willow. Not her bag. She's not truly a benevolent figure. But she would occasionally interact with these lizard folk for trading purposes. And this guy was kind of your rival. In a lot of ways. Dingus is my rebel or both of them? Dingus. Yeah, Dingus. No, Hans is a goblin Zeppelin crash survivor. Dingus was, again, not your bully. Like anytime you went up against Dingus, you always would come out on top. You guys would race and you would win. Arm wrestle, you would win. Swimming, you would win. Eating contests, mushroom contests, bong rip holding contests. Like lizard man genitalia is its own thing. So even the occasional dick measuring contest, you would still manage to come out on top on. You always managed to just squeak by this guy. He has lived in his shadow his entire life. And now you're here and you need something from him. And he doesn't want to have anything to do with you. Hey, Dingus. I know it's him, right? 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. You re- you recognize him right away. He's still got that little scar on his snout where he tripped into a cypress knot when you guys were racing that one time. I mean, you recognize this guy right away. He is a tall... How tall is Moyle? Uh... Six, eight, six, five. He's six, seven, six, four, exactly one inch <laughs> shorter than Mossberg. Green, dark green lizard man with, he doesn't have any of the tattoos and piercings that some of the other lizard folk in the refugee camp do. He seems a little bit more straight edge than that. He's got a workman's leather vest on with, uh, what, you know, what are those vests they call that have like the dad vest with all the pockets? Fish, like a fishing a vest? vest? Like a fish. No, there's a, there's a, there's a dorkier name for him. A magician's vest? Whoa. <laughs> I'm being double attacked here. You're a magician too? Jesus Christ. I mean, oh. I played the wizard. <laughs> what are we talking about? No, they don't have any pockets. I've definitely got pocket. How else do I get pocket sand? Pocket sand? It's a pocket vest that's used for utility purposes and then a, a reed kilt on because the lizard men here typically will wear these reed kilts to allow for freedom of movement with their tails and, and kind of moving through the swamp and it's hot you gotta let it air out the jump yeah yeah otherwise you get you get you get swampy total fucking swamp ass it's mm-hmm. swamp ass man it's swamp ass territory but has taken very good care of himself over the years where moyle maybe has led a little bit more of a, a hedonistic lifestyle this guy appears to have doubled down on trying to overcome the ghost of moyle mossberg Hey, dingus. Uh, long time no see. Hey, look, matching leathers. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, those are cool. Remember when you kicked my ass wearing those? I do. Hey, easy. That was a long time ago. Hey, I bet a lot's changed, hasn't it? Yeah, you know what? A lot has changed. I, uh, I've worked and I have achieved everything that I could possibly achieve. I'm the Swamp Relay Champion. I'm the Swamp Marathon Champion. I, I've won the triathlon. I got my degree and I came back as an engineer and I'm doing civil projects for my village. I've come a long way, Mossberg. I'm better than you in every way, but there's just one goddamn thing I haven't able to get over you on because you weren't around here to take care of it. Oh, what's, what would that be? And you see him reach his hand up and snap and like two little lizard guys run up and slide a table in front of him and carry over a set of cups and set them down in front of the table. And he goes, you still think you're the cup stacking champion of the swamp, Mossberg? I know you think you're the sub stacking champion of the swamp. But now it's time to put your cups where my boats are, and we're going to see who really can do this. Here's the deal. Moyle and Dingus are going to face off in a cup stacking championship. They are going to use the traditional cycle style of competitive cup stacking, which is a three, six. Pause, pause. How much research did you do on cup stacking? Not that much. She has kids. I'm sure they're stacking cups all the time. I remember when I was a young lad and, and loved to stack me some cups. They're not. There may have been a video or two watched today. So it is a cycle pattern of cup stacking. It's a 363. So a stack of three, a stack of six, a stack of three. Six, six, which is a stack of six, a stack of six. And then a one, ten, one, which is a, a one cup, ten cup stack, one cup stack. Now, traditionally and competitive cup stacking, you run through all three of those for time, but we're going to break this up because it's D&D a little bit. So the way this will work is both of you will do a sleight of hand check to see who can stack the cups the fastest. The DC for the 363 pattern is a 10. The DC for the 66 pattern is a 13. And the DC for the 1101 is a 15. Whoever beats the DC by the largest amount. So if he rolls an 11, you roll a 12. You both succeeded in stacking them, but you stacked them faster because you beat it by more. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. All right. So we're going to do three rolls here. What were they? 11, 13, and 15? 13, 10, 13, and 15. Okay. Slide of hand. Slide of hand, 10, 13, 15. At the end of it, one of you will be declared the reigning cup swamp stacking champion. All right, so wait, wait, wait. You might want to get that clean. That said, that did not sound good. <laughs> <laughs> you had uh, cup swapping, and then you you changed. Yeah, it didn't change. Oh, oh yeah, I said it, yeah. there was definitely <laughs> a cup in there the, somewhere. The, the, yeah. the jizz juggling, uh, the uh, cup stacking champion. All right, so Moyle, while this is happening, each round. Technically, it's Moyle versus Dingus, but you guys could cheat. I'm not saying you should cheat, but if any of Moyle's teammates would choose to interfere in a certain way, they can. But to do so would require first a stealth check against the audience, which are these two little sidekick lizard men and Hans, and then a sleight of hand check to pull off whatever you're trying to do. And the DC for that sleight of hand will be based off of what you're doing. Set, you can either try and sabotage Dingus or you can try and assist Moyle in some way. All right. All right. So we're going to go, going to go round one. Before we roll, is anybody going to try and interfere with the contest in round one? Uh, uh, uh round one, I will not. But round two, I'm coming in if Moyle is losing. <laughs> All right. Moyle, I'm going to roll for Dingus first since he has home field advantage. Mm. Oh, <laughs> with a four. All right. So. Dingus is really excited to have this opportunity and man, he fucking chokes. He just, he <laughs> gets super excited and his hand shakes and he just goes to swipe down the cups and slaps them off the table and they go flying away. And you see Hans kind of look around and go, uh, yeah, I, I know I'm new here, but is that what you were spying? I'm a little confused about this game. Shut up, Hans. This is not, that's not how it's supposed to be. But Moyle, you have to succeed as well. So Moyle, give me a sleight of hand check. All you have to do is 10 or better and you win this round. With your 15, Moyle, you one hand oh. run through it. You don't even look. You one hand behind your back, you zip out and you stack it. <laughs> and just again, dominance is asserted. Uh, what was that, Dingus? <laughs> Are you sure you want to keep going? If we can stop this right now, you can go hug your children. I can get these fan boats and we can go on our merry way. It was, that, that was just nerves. I got this next round. I've got it. I'm not going to I'm not going to let you walk away with him, Hosberg. Oof. OK. And Dingus rolls a 16. Mm. So he feels like he's gotten over those initial nerves. Bam. He knocks it out with a 16. Stacks his six and six. Cleans him up right away. See what you got, Moyle. Nat 20. Oh, what? It's not, it's not quite good, isn't it? It isn't it. Holy fucking shit. Okay. <laughs> Moyle, describe to me your nat 20. Now we're talking about two stacks of six cups. Walk me through what a nat 20 on that would look like for Mossberg. I'm uh, stacking each set, each set of six, six with uh, one hand each. And he's like, we don't even have that many cups. <laughs> what? Where did it? I don't like you're moving so fast it's creating the illusion of other cups like you are bending light around these cups you're moving so quickly he says all right so it's uh it's uh two to nothing technically i can't win but i've got to i've got to uh i, I tell you what double or nothing mossberg if i win this last round I will, uh, and he's kind of looking around desperate to try and find something. And he, I got a big mechanics hammer down there. I know how you're a sucker for hammers. I know I'm technically out, but if you beat me this round, we go one more round. If I win this one round, I take it. I'm the champ. 
If you win this last round, you get the boats and that hammer. How about you make it even sweeter? How would you give me a night with your wife, dingus? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what? Moyle, my wife died shortly before we came here. The oh, chemicals from the fracking got into our water. And it was a new sickness. We didn't know what it was at first. You know, we, we've lived in these swamps for ages. We've never seen anything like it. And by the time we figured out what was wrong with her, it was, it was too late. Hey, Dingus, this is me playing the world's smallest violin. Um, well, doesn't your father handle oh. the fracking? Wait, what did you say, Todd? Todd! <laughs> Mo, does, doesn't, your, doesn't your dad do fracking? Be cool, Todd. Are you saying... <laughs> Nothing, what? nothing, nothing, nothing. What? Todd! Fake cast sleep on Todd. <laughs> <laughs> that actually doesn't work. You failed to sleep. That's that's 31. He has more than 31 hit points. Why don't you dig her up and I'll enjoy her? <laughs> what? <laughs> While you watch. <laughs> I think I think the necrophiliac is where we draw the line. Is it is that is that, is that a line in necrophilia? What is he's that for sleep? Can't I use Toll the Dead to um bring her back? <laughs> you, uh, you can't bring people back to life. So revivify works, but we established within the rule set resurrection and reincarnation do not exist in this universe. A revivify can bring somebody back from the brink, but once your soul has traveled to the god spire, there is no return. You would just be digging up and desecrating her corpse. <laughs> that may have been his plan. I think that, that sounds like the way he was going. Then that's what he got him feeling confident. <laughs> is that what he does for confidence? If that's the way that we're going to do it, Moyle, then um, let's do this then. If you lose this round, we go ahead. And if you're going to say you get to sleep with my dead wife if you win, one, you have to sleep with my dead wife if you win. There's no backing out. And two, if you lose, we'll take what's left of that little nubbin you got there. Oh, no. Oh, no. This, this escalated quickly. How did we get here? I grab the gourd out of my pants and I say, you mean this? And I beat him on the head. I bonk him on the head with it. What, what are we now fighting now? Okay, if you're attacking him, we're rolling initiative. This is going to get real bad. What are you so what? go ahead and roll the hit, Moyle. What are you doing? What are you doing? You was just about to win. Moyle, what are you doing? Nope. <laughs> roll the hit, Moyle. I'll give you the surprise round with it. That Warhammer's going to bash you in the face. Can I just hit him with my hammer? No, you, you're hitting him with the gourd. Roll the hit with your fucking cock gourd. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to roll. No, just roll a d20. Oh, okay. Yeah. Please miss. Please miss. <laughs> Please miss. Can I interrupt him? Can I use my reaction? Oh, he missed. Swing and a miss. Now everybody roll initiative. Oh, God damn it. What is it? What damn it. Sleep on his Moyle rolled a five for initiative. I made the right decision because I'm rolling shit now. <laughs> oh, nat 20 on initiative. <laughs> you had advantage apparently and they were both trash, Jamie. What is happening? <laughs> damn. You rolled a two and a four. I rolled a 20. So it's Todd, Baba, Fate, Eldrin, Moyle, Dingus. Can I try to talk him out of this? Can you? <laughs> Let's make it happen. Persuasion? Uh, sir, please forgive my my friend or my co-worker for what he did. He did not mean to attempt to smack you with this gourd. 
right, give me a persuasion roll at disadvantage. That wasn't a very compelling <laughs> argument. He definitely meant to attack him with Decord. Yeah, come on, man. That's the worst Todd argument ever. <laughs> yeah, that was there. There wasn't even a whole lot of heat behind it. <laughs> he was a lot more convincing when he was saying, "Hey, you know, your dad destroyed your home." <laughs> that definitely was. You're right. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Can I help him to make it an even roll on your turn? If you want to do a persuasion roll, Baba, I will let you guys keep persuading. Okay. All right, disadvantage. I'm just going to roll it twice. Ooh, that's the first one. Would have been a good one. Ugh, not so good. Wait, don't you have a, don't you have advantage on persuasion? The reason I said no, Baba, is because he's got a magical item he's never fucking used that uh. would have made that a flat <laughs> roll, and he didn't use it again. <laughs> what? Which one he is it? Look at me, tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't even use persuasion checks. <laughs> we know. It's in your pack. I tried. I tried to use them. The first magic item you got is your fucking Mr. T medallion that gives you advantage on persuasion and fucking... Intimidation also. Yeah, exactly. Well, I used it. I retroactively used it. No, no I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> talk, try and talk him down. Or... Talk to his partner. Or attack him. Mr. Dingus, we just came from Gundren's. I think he's still a little under the influence. Pardon him. Please, please pardon him. And I and I try and step in between them. All right. Give me a flat persuasion roll. Is that a 10? That's a 10. It is a 10. That is not going to do it, unfortunately. But I will use my movement to get between them, though. Okay. Yeah, you are between them. Holding Moyle back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Fate? So, Fate's confused there's a lot of chaos going on you said the guy that Moyle's about to fight is the same size as Moyle just about he's one inch exactly one inch shorter than Moyle yeah we're gonna cast hold person and we're gonna upcast it to third level and I'm gonna freeze Moyle and what's his face what's your spell DC 16 Dingus saves god damn it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Dingus woke up and chose violence today apparently no Moyle woke up and chose violence his fault What's Dingus's wisdom? He's got to have like a negative one to be competing with Moyle. We've established Dingus has an engineering degree and he is one of the co-inventors of these fan boats. He does not have any penalties to his intelligence or wisdom rolls. Damn it. Moyle, <laughs> give me your spell save. What I do, constitution? It's wisdom. Wisdom save, yeah. Yep, wisdom save. Oh, if he fails, the hilarity. It's a 10. Oh, no. Oh, he's definitely failed. He failed. He definitely he failed. failed. So fate just kind of rubs his hands really hard together and just kind of throws out like almost as though he's like, you know, trying to like actually push everybody over with his hands and just taps both Moyle on the shoulder and Dingus to say, chill. And Moyle does. <laughs> Moyle immediately freezes in mid shit talk, kind of doing that chest bow like he's trying to push past Baba, but he's clearly now not trying to push past Baba. Dingus just looks over at you and goes, I don't have any beef with you guys. You guys seem kind of decent. You know, this guy, he's just always been like this. Starting shit, talking about my dead wife. Fuck this fucking guy. Just fuck this fucking guy. Get him the fuck out of here. You know, I tell you what, you can use the boats, but I tell you what, uh, Hans? Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up, buddy? What's that shit you like? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, we will need some gold then. Uh, I know this is normal. I know Gundren probably told you this is a barter thing, but I'm not from around here. And where I come from, we pay for services in coin. So mm, I'm going to say since you guys uh, caused a little bit of a ruckus, 100 gold seems fair. Yeah, I think that seems fair. Why don't you guys uh, fork over 100 gold? We'll call this cool. You can hook your friend over to the boat and we'll be good to go. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. Oh, for 100 gold, you might just have to get your ass whooped. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, do, I, do I not get a persuasion roll? No. <laughs> uh, you guys have taken what was supposed to be just a fun, quick cup challenge <laughs> encounter and turned it into a giant clusterfuck. So the hundred gold is really how is the penalty for this uh, that you're paying for Moyle's actions. So uh, hundred gold, get the boats. Your call. Otherwise, you know, he, Dingus and I can just go. You know what? We're just gonna go. We're just gonna go back to working on the boats. You guys have a nice day. No, wait. wait. And they start to head back down to the boats. Can we grab? Moyle, you're still paralyzed. Oh, I thought so. Fuck. Oh, Baba takes the money out of Moyle's pockets. Moyle has nothing. Moyle has no money. Moyle has no money. <laughs> oh, dang it, Moyle. He lost all his stuff. <laughs> Moyle has nothing from the last time he made one of these decisions. I forgot. God, I was definitely going to rob it. <laughs> <laughs> Moyle's dad is good for it. That time yells, Moyle's dad has the money. He'll get, we'll get it when you get back. There is zero acknowledgement. An IOU? Do you accept IOUs, Mr. Mr. Dingus? It's going to take the hundred gold. Unless you want to try and run and jump on the boats and take off <laughs> without talking to them about how they work or with any instru- without any instruction, you guys can go try and I will give you some athletics checks to try and run down the levee and jump in one of the boats. Todd's like, athletics checks? Do I hear athletics checks? <laughs> <laughs> If we if we all just 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 twenty five a piece, we we have to get out of here. We have to get these boats. If you guys want to try and dine and dash on the boats, that will be your one out. But it's going to take athletics checks from everybody. Oh, so not from fate. Never mind. All right. Twenty five gold a piece. It is. Elgin reaches into his pocket. Yeah. Uh, shakes his head and says that was a gnarly waste of money. Dingus, Dingus, come back. So I call him back for the gold and we, we give him the gold. Twenty five piece. Hans actually comes over and says, ah, pleasure doing business with you. OK, so. Uh, here's how these things work. You guys see the the uh, the lever. You guys might have seen one on a. Um, have you ever seen one of the gnomish rail systems? The little carts they use to do work on it. The hand cars. It's very much how these uh, these things are propelled. Uh, you have that lever that you push up and down that spins the fan. And then this thing skims along. It can go in extremely shallow water. It can even go across land at some point. So uh, so it takes a minimum of one person working the fan and one person driving to pilot one of these vehicles. You So you guys could split up into two if you wanted. But I will tell you this. They go faster if you have two people working the fan. So do you guys want to take one boat or two boats? I think we should take one boat to prevent more from doing anything stupid. Agreed. Yes, let's not split the party. <laughs> Let, let's not split up again, please. Agreed. We only need one boat. Okay, fantastic. So this is what's going to happen. Who's going to be driving the boat? I believe Eldrin will. He is our driver. Yeah, I'll drive. I'll drive. Okay, he shows you, Eldrin, how to operate the two levers to pivot the rudder and the fan on the boat to steer it to the left and right. So you'll be sitting in that chair steering the boat. Uh, who's going to be Who's going to be our our, uh, our pumpers, our guys working the, the levers? I will work a lever. And Moyle. Am I still paralyzed? <laughs> And Moyle. Yeah, Moyle's still paralyzed, but uh, Fade will go ahead and release concentration on the whole person. Okay. So, Baba and Moyles are your lever guys? Okay. Yeah. Which then puts Todd and Fate in the front of the boat. Yes. Yes. All right. That sounds fine. Fate's going to sit down and find a way to study this new book he got the other day. Not even at the ready. He's just going to sit there and read a book. Yeah. Yeah. Although we did get chipped. We should have just got the other boat and bartered it. Does Todd read cookbooks? Yes. Todd. Yes. Todd. 
I've been reading this book and I just, I thought just knowing your, uh, your athletic prowess, uh, did you know that if you were to uh, perform a heart-based total body group workout, combining sciences and technologies, you get results from the inside out that are known to uh, charge your metabolism and really just get you really truly invigorated. And I'm here just reading through this book. It seems like it might provide me with a, a better lifestyle overall and maybe more confidence. Is that something that you recommend? Have you seen my fitness? It sounds like he wants you to work on your bod, dude. Have you seen my fitness level, sir? Well, not not so much. No, no I'm asking if you would recommend it for me. You need an athletic program immediately. Like, you should have been doing something. Lifting those books, maybe, because you're very weak and it shows. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm I'm not unaware of my own physical faults here, sir, so I thought... Stop getting all fancy with the words. You can just admit you're weak. So you guys load into the fan boat, take a couple seconds to get oriented, and then Baba and Moyle start pumping the levers up and down, and this thing takes off like a rocket. You know, in Fate's personal opinion, nothing calms down a bunch of fussy babies like a good nap. Am I right? Announcements this episode. Harlan continues to pop up as a guest on the pop-up film cast, and over on the Three Angry Gamers, Jamie is serving up all the video game news you could ever need. So be sure to check them out over there. We're streaming on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube, Thursdays at 7.30pm Central. Please be sure to follow us on social media at GMDLCast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get notifications of when we're going live and to stay up to date on new content we've got coming in 2022. And while you're out in the internet clicking on things, head on over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment to rate, review, and subscribe. I know every podcast has, but it really does help our show's visibility and growth. 40% of podcast consumers find a new cast through their player's feed, and your feedback drives those feeds. And hey, the third of you that are Apple Podcast listeners, exercise that review privilege. Tell us who your favorite party member is. Tell us who your least favorite party member is. <coughs> Todd. Protest or validate Todd's lack of MVPs. We want to hear from you. I right, that'll do it. Back to the show. You guys wrench free of the, the muck that it had settled into right at the edge of the levee and shoot off across the, the flooded plains that are up next to that refugee camp heading deeper towards the core of the fens. An hour or two passes and it's, dude, it's a blast. You know, you guys start to relax into it and have a little fun. The wind is whipping past your hair. It's skipping across the top of the water a little bit. Every once in a while, you'll hit a little patch of uh, like swamp grass that boosts it up into the air a little bit and you'll sail down. And there's that first time that it happens and there's this rush of woo, you know, uh, you, you guys are streaking past. You, I mean, you can see the fish in the water below dart out of the way as you come zipping past. It's not loud like you would think a real world fan boat would be because it, it is you're driven by the action of the levers of Baba and Moyle pumping up and down and then this big fan in the back. So there's a little bit of a hum to it, but nowhere near as loud as a traditional fan combustion uh, driven fan boat. But it is extremely fast as far as a conveyance through the swamp because it's able to go through the shallow water. It's able to go through the deep water. It's able to go through the moist grassland piece that you cross through. So. You guys are zipping along and making great progress. And in the distance, you can see, you know, as you've been traveling through the swamp, you've seen those distortions, you've seen that those oddities happen, and you start to see a pattern to it in the skyline above. 
Yeah, we've all seen hurricane maps. And if you think about the, the cyclonic pattern of a hurricane, you can see a, a wave of distortion in the sky moving in that circular pattern focused around a central area where would be the eye of a hurricane, which you're driving straight forward. The difference is you can see instead of just rain or wind like you would see a hurricane, there appear to be other elements too. Like the, the outer band, you can see a heat distortion that will occasionally flare up into a burst of flame. The band after that seems to be more like the traditional hurricane where you can see not only rain crashing down through the swamp, but waves rising up out of it. And occasionally like a, a spire of ice will shoot out. Beyond that, it uh, the rain stops almost as if hitting an invisible barrier and the swamp continues forward, but it becomes, instead of the murky water, it becomes more of a bubbling a viscous mud bog that you're confident the boat will be able to get through, after, but every once in a while, a pillar of salt will come raining down out of the heavens or a jut of marble will erupt up out of the mud in an explosion. And in that last ring right before you get to the eye appears to be the, where you would see the most concentrated winds whipping around in a cyclonic pattern, very similar to that air elemental that you encountered back at the lighthouse at the beginning of this. You're familiar with that, that spinning winds and you can see little, little dust devils independently spin up into it. So there are four elemental thresholds that you're going to have to power your way through as you head into that. But once you get through those, there is this eerie calmness at the center all of this is rotating around that you can just see at the edge of your distance and there seems to be some sort of structure at the center of it. You can't tell from where you're at whether it's a, a man-made building or a natural rock formation or exactly what it is. You can just see it there and you know that that's ultimately your destination. And you kind of gird yourselves a little bit and you continue to pulse forward. Everybody give me perception checks real quick. Did I perceive with a nat 20? I also roll a nat 20. 17. 10. Fate don't see shit. <laughs> so two nat 20s, holy shit. Okay, so Todd, we're going to say your nat 20 is what allows you to identify and define the barriers of the elemental rings that you're going to have to pass through to get to that center eye. Baba looking with your nat 20, you're toiling away at pumping at this, this lever opposite of Moyle. Occasionally you feel like Moyle might be sandbagging a little bit and you kind of shoot him a glare after what happened at the camp and you, you kind of go back to it and he kind of, he kind of starts forward and keeps going. But something just starts to itch the back of your neck. And it's, it's very similar to that itch you get right before your danger sense kicks in. And so you glance backwards and off in the distance speeding up towards you is another fan boat. And you can just make out four figures on it. A two of them working their fan boat paddle, one of them steering, one of them at the front of it. They're all dressed in a similar clothing style. They have a long tabard that's belted with a broad belt at the waist. Each one of their outfits is a solid color outlined with an accent color. Like the tabard is the solid color. Their shirts and these these tight fitting, you would almost call them a gi. It's very ninja outfitty for their shirts and their pants. The same solid color as the tabard, but then their bracers and their belts are accented with a with a second color to give them a little bit of a, a different offset. So. The one at the front of the boat is wearing a pale ivory tabard with like almost honey colored trim elements. The one in the raised up chair is an almond colored tabard with mahogany colored trim elements. 
The one on the left side working the fan uh, is wearing an umber tabard with a peach trim, and the one working the right side of the fan is wearing a sable tabard with a mustard trim. Uh, other than that, the cut of their clothing is very similar. So there's that tavern that comes down, this tight-fitting shirt that is tucked into these leather bracers that cover their forearms. These tight pants, which appear to be made to allow for freedom of movement, are tucked into their boots. What stands out, though, is they're wearing a mantle. Yeah, I think like medieval hood, when you think like a Robin Hood hood, where they've got the hood that pulls up into that shoulder piece, that mantle piece. They've got a big mantle over the tabard, which doesn't have a hood on it. It's a big, thick, billowing turtleneck that comes up to just underneath their eyes. And then the, the top of their head is covered with a like a bandana head cover. So you really only see like their eye line peeking out from this big, thick ribbed covering, which comes up over almost the tip of their head. And they seem to be barreling down towards you guys. And they are gaining on you because of the fact that there's only four people in their boat where you guys have five. So you guys are a little bit heavier and moving a little bit slower. We have people behind us on our six. Because I talk military now. I don't see them. <laughs> if uh, Baba has to turn around to see him, that means that I'm facing him and I still can't see him with my uh, rule of 10. You're so focused on keeping up, Moyle, with Baba, because Baba is clearly in better shape than you are. Have a Peloton. <laughs> Not a cup stacking. Try me. Yeah. So we know Baba does a lot of prep and workout in the back of the Winamajo. So nothing's happened yet. You just see them streaking up towards you. But it is weird that there's another group of people on this boat heading towards you. I'll give you guys one round before they're going to take an action. Todd, Baba shouts out, hey, we've got people. What are you doing? How far are they? Currently, they've managed to close to 120 feet of you. And they are gaining about 10 feet every round currently. Do we know that they're hostile or we just know that they're behind us? You just know that there are four people in very ninja-esque outfits that seem to be color coordinated as if they were in some kind of group. Oh, no. That have a outfit where a thick turtleneck covers most of the tip of their head. They look like assassins. No, I, 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 believe, I believe these are the, the four skins. The foreskin. The foreskin. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Yes. Yes. Is that what it was? It was the foreskins. It was the foreskins, right? The skeins. Yeah, the foreskins. Foreskins. <laughs> Sorry, my, 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 uh, my accent is, it, it, it changes things to sound a little different. I apologize. Foreskins. I thought they were the Ninja Turtlenecks, but it was wrong. Wow. <laughs> the Ninja Turtlenecks. <laughs> So we we know the force gains are assassins, right? To come that are that are on our toes. Indeed, you were told by the Warforged that the four skeins had been contracted by the Mercantile Guild to kill Moyle Mossberg. Okay. Lower the number to higher the badassery level. Todd, you've been informed that Baba thinks the four skeins are after you. You guys each have one action before we roll initiative. What's your action? I'm I'm shooting them. I'm I'm moving to the back of the boat and I'm firing a crossbow shot. If I move to the back of the boat, I should be able to get the guy in the front, the driver. You don't have a disadvantage or anything at 120? Probably. Isn't that your longer range on a crossbow? I don't know how that works. So it says 30 and 120. Okay. So yeah, he's got a disadvantage on anything past 30. Is that how that works? Yep. Okay. So you can still take the shot. If you want to take that as a surprise round and do a hand crossbow shot, it is a shot at disadvantage. 
Yeah, just roll twice and we'll take the lower number. 22. That's a good one. And come on, 17. Still pretty good. A 17 will just hit. Roll your damage. 10. The individual with the ivory outfit is the one standing at the front of the boat, Todd. You move to the back of the boat, kind of put your knee up on the edge and line up your shot and fire it off. And look, man, it's a good shot. You're speeding along and it's uneven bumping boat. It's at way out of the standard range for a hand crossbow. You arc that sucker up. It's headed straight towards his face. You see him very calmly stick a hand up, catch your arrow, flick it down into the swamp and draw his own bow. Moyle, you get one action as part of your surprise round. Uh, I'm throwing a guiding bolt at the uh, ivory dude. Now, Moyle, if you stop pumping the boat, the boat is going to get even slower. I can use one hand to use the guiding bolt and the other. All right, let me get into boat mechanics real quick. So the boat, when both you guys are pumping it up and down, is 120 for your speed. All right. So you got one. 120 speed when you're both operating it at full power. It goes down to 60 when one person is operating it. Moyle, to cast a spell, I'm going to say you have to stop doing it. There's not there's not one-handed spell casting for this particular situation. Can I go faster? So it's 120 max speed, 60 half speed, or zero. Those are your three choices. They've got two people working their boat currently. After the surprise round, we will roll initiative and you guys will be at the edge of the first elemental ring. Each elemental ring is 120 feet across. At Initiative 20, while you are in the elemental rings, there will be a layer action for the appropriate element, which I will roll and tell you what happens when it happens that because you guys are starting to get into hazardous territory as you're chasing around on these boats. So as you guys barrel into the elemental rings, we will start taking into the layer actions. But yeah, for this, I'm letting you guys get a shot off here at the beginning of it because Bob and Nat 20 on his perception roll to see them coming up. You can either keep pumping or cast a spell. I'll keep pumping. Okay. Then, Aldrin, you are steering the boat. There's really not a whole lot you can do unless you want to get down and stop steering the boat. The guy who caught my boat was staring their boat, right? So nope, no, nope. no, that was the guy standing at the front. So oh, there's okay. the guy in ivory standing at the front. Gotcha. The person in all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you their names, just so I have to stop saying their colors. So the guy in the pale ivory is Tippy the Just. The person in the almond outfit is the Tainted. The person in the umber outfit is Glans Majora. And the one in the sable outfit is Sahaft. S apostrophe H A F T. So. Before the four skates are Tippy the Just, the Tainted, Glans Majora, and Sahaft. Tippy the Just is the one. Look, I went subtle on my dick joke for four skins and nobody fucking got it. Those days are over, guys. That's why you now have a fucking assassin named Glans Majora that's here to kill Moyle. All right. And just the Tippy. Tippy the Just, exactly. Oh, no. Sahaft. Because fantasy. So. Tippy the Just is the one at the front, Pale Ivory. The Tainted is the one driving, Almond Outfit. Glans Majora, Umber, and then Sahaft are the, the two pumpers. So mm, The two pumpers indeed. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Eldrin? Uh, well, I can't really do anything, right? Uh, right. So if I, if I stop steering where we have to, like, probably crash into shit. So I will continue steering the boat uh, to avoid things. Okay. Fate, is there anything that you want to do before? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So Fate chimes up after hearing Baba announce. So if I'm hearing correctly, the four skeins have come to fuck us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) let it burn. And he casts Fireball. (laughs) (laughs) He's in Fireball right back at them bad boys. 
A.K.A. Chlamydia. Oh, no. <laughs> the, uh, that fireball gets counterspelled. Fate, Bob, <gasps> is there anything that you want to do? Who counterspelled it? You can't tell from where you're at. Okie dokie. Yeah, this is a run the fuck away kind of thing. <laughs> you see that fireball go streaking out and then just fizzle away as it gets towards their, their boat. I am actually sad right now. <laughs> Man. Baba's going to just continue pedaling to try and keep us going. Okay. So then at this point, we're going to go ahead and roll initiative. We should have just slowed down and beat the brakes off of them. They are gaining on you. They're go- yeah, they're going to catch us. So we, <laughs> we... Yeah. What are these assassins doing that they have counterspell? Initiative. Apologize. Nine. Yeah. Nat 20 on Jazz. Jamie with advantage still stunk, but yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking, it's always a 12 when I use this thing. Like, it's fucking weird. It always comes out to be a 12. Moyle, what'd you get a 14? 14. Yep. You know, I just want to put out there that I'm really sad because we just had a comment about not enough fireballs. And then I throw a fireball and it immediately gets counterspelled. So. Mm-hmm. so I'm rolling their initiatives individually. Tippy, the just gets a one. The tainted gets a 19. Glands gets a five and Sahaft <laughs> gets a three. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm not even taking into consideration their bonuses. Oh, no. Uno momento, por favor. Let me get over to their character sheets. That was silly for me. They get bonuses. I need to stop being the driver because I cannot shoot. <laughs> I thought I thought jazz fireballs would be, would be the move. Turned out to not be the move. So it's fate, tainted, then Moyles of 14, then Todd. Bob, Bob and Eldrin are before Todd. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, so then it's the three other ones after Todd, basically. Yes. So, Fate, you are up first. Fate was feeling real confident when he let that fireball go, and then it didn't. So, now he's just going to run away and cast Mage Armor on himself. Of course. I, th- I thought that would happen. You could have just grabbed the boat, which I think that's what I'm going to do. It's too late now. I mean, he's waiting for Eldrin to get out the way. What do you want me to do? Jump in his lap? Just kick him out the way. You got to boss moves, man. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have moves like that. I will tell you guys... If you're not piloting the boats, it's going to go in a straight line. So as long as you're not trying to okay. maneuver the boats, then that is A-OK. The big thing will be whether or not you want to drop people pedaling to allow them to catch up and board you or get into range to do some of their other stuff, or if you want to continue to try and do this chase through the elemental rings. Can we put two people on each side to double the speed of the boat? Max speed of the boat is 120, no matter how many times you ask. Unless you, unless magically you do something different with the boat. I'll come with better excuses. <laughs> no, <laughs> still, max speed of the boat is 120. Jazz went, that is the tainted. Taint. The tainted is going to hop down from their driver's seat. Do we know their names? I mean, we do. Yes. No. Like... <laughs> It would no. It was just easier for me to, to to reveal their names than to keep referring to them as the character in the almond. Easier, or did you just want to get that out there? No, look, I was getting the joke out there one way or the other. But whether or not I got it out in this or during an MVP session really didn't matter to me. All right, so they are going to move up to the front of the boat. You see them pull out a long, double-bladed staff. It's a glaive and ready in action at the front of the boat. All right, that will bring us to the layer action. Eldrin, since you are the person driving the boat, you get to be the one who rolls what happens. So you guys have been speeding along through the swamp, barreling down on the edge of the elemental disruption. You guys finally crest over the edge of where that shimmering heat barrier was and roll a d4 for me. We got a four. 
you guys push into this heat barrier and you feel through while you've been traveling through the swamp, it's been hot. It's been muggy. There has been just this overwhelming weight upon you just from the humidity as you've pushed through the moisture. You just crest through this barrier and it's like someone opened up an oven in a very small kitchen. This wave of heat passes over you. You, you know, your all your clothes are a little bit of damp, the mist spray of the fan boat traveling through the water and all that is almost instantly dried off, but nothing else happens. That was the safe roll. Good job, Eldrin. You're welcome. That's why we let you dry. You're welcome. <laughs> the way that we're going to do this, guys, at the end of the turn order, if there have been no change in boat speeds, that's when we're going to adjust the distance between the boats. So automatically right now, they will gain another 10 feet at the end of each round if there is is no change. Question. So do they're going through the barriers too. Do, are they going to be rolling also? The layer action that happens for you is the same layer action that happens for them. Mm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's not a targeted attack. This is more, you guys have entered into a, a number of concentric rings of elemental disruption where this power source that has been recognized as moil stabilizing agent is causing reality to warp and the fundamental elements of the swamp strengthen in, in various aspects as you get closer. And this it kind of goes back to the, the Fens has always had this magical elementalism tied to it as a result of Bahumat and Tiamat's corpses crashing into it and spawning the dragonborn. So this is, is a area that is saturated with this rich arcane DNA, literally DNA, that now has you know, absorbed in and concentrated in one area and it's causing reality to not ripple or weaken, but focus. So the area that you've passed into that's what you feel that the, the element of fire has just been focused in this ring and that heat wave that hit you is that element taking primacy for the next 120 feet, which since you guys are moving at full speed, you guys will be out of this ring this round. So if you maintain at full speed, you're in each ring one round. If you slow down for whatever reason, you may have to be subjected to the layer action of an individual ring twice. Will Eldrin always be the one rolling for it since he was the captain? It really doesn't matter if I, I will certainly allow you guys to defer that to whoever's feeling lucky, however you want to call it. And Moyle, you are up. Um, well, I'll just keep pumping. All right. And that's going to bring us to Baba. Boy, it's like I was 14. My forearms are working so hard. Am I right, Baba? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Moyle, can you can can you cast that that person that the one that like makes a mimic of himself and then do mm. have that pump? Would that work or would I still have to be the one pumping? Because I'd have to use concentration also. It's incorporeal. It can't do physical tasks for him. It, okay, that's why I was that I don't know. It can cast touch spells, but it can't move things. Bob is going to ready an action to rage if they attack cool then that brings us to eldrin uh so first can i if i look straight ahead do i see that there's any obstacles like if i was to turn and attack would i like would we hit something you guys are on a particularly flat plane so you see that the occasional 
eruption or obstacle, like when we talked about kind of mm-hmm. what it looked like at a distance with that, that the columns dropping down. But the plane in and of itself has been extremely flat, almost as if there was an explosion at some point that reality has then filled back into. And currently in a direct line in front of you for the next 120 feet, there are no stone pillars or magma bursts or plagues of locusts or anything like that. At this particular time, traveling in a straight line, you're not going to run into anything. Yeah, so I'm just going to turn and uh, I guess uh, try to line up. Uh, can I attack the boat? You can attack the boat. Similar to the vehicle combat earlier in this arc, it has a damage threshold that you have to exceed to damage it. I will tell you the hull of the boat is fairly resilient. However, if you wanted to attack the fan, there certainly is an opportunity there. It does have a much higher armor class, though. So is there still two of them that are pumping the, the their boat? Correct. There are two pumping it and then two at the front of it. Okay, yeah. Then I'm going to target one of the pumpers, I guess, and uh, I'm going to draw back my bow and attack. Now, where you're sitting in the pilot seat, you would have to stand up and stand in the pilot seat to shoot back over the back of your fan to do that. Uh, okay, that's fine. That sounds like it's going to be a problem, but I'm going to just go with it. <laughs> cool. Take your shot then. All righty. So you're shooting the one on the left or the one on the right? Uh, let's go with the, which one's which? I'm going to go by the names. Here. On the, the left side of the boat, you have Glans. On the right side of the boat, you have Sahaft. Yeah, we're going after Glans uh, Majora. Okay. So a 22 on that attack. And a 11 on the second one. 11. Hold a 2. That is what you rolled. Oh, wow. The one time he misses. I mean, the first one should hit. Yeah, I, I had my crossbow taken out the air like it was like it was Mutumbo. Yeah, but I, I'm better than you at shooting. <laughs> yeah, roll damage on the first one. 8. All right. You see her swat back and just swat your arrow out of the air. Could have caught it, but didn't want to stop pumping the boat to do so. Cool. Yeah. Your second arrow sails off into the swamp, almost embarrassed by how the first arrow was handled and doesn't even bother to kill an owl. All right. That brings us to Todd the Tiefling. Yeah. After seeing his, uh, his, his crossbow get just completely swatted out the air, I'm just going to go and just take the reins of the boat from uh, Moyle. Let Moyle get, maybe get some action, see if he can do a little bit better than I did. Right, so you're going to take over pumping for Moyle? Yes. All right. So that's going to bring us to Tippy's turn. You see Tippy had pulled out a bow in response to Todd taking a shot at him. He's going to draw back that bow and take aim at... So he's taking aim at you, Todd, since he, you took a shot at him. I catch it. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. No, it's not a skill that I have. It's not a skill that I. It's not, it's not a skill that I possess. Taking a moment to aim almost seems to be lining up some kind of special shot. <laughs> Great! I rage in response. Oh, the old special shot. Yes, you you absolutely will rage in response to this. Oh no! Eighteen on the die what? plus the bonus brings it to twenty six minus five for the feet that he's using. Mm. So, Todd, I'm going to assume 21 hits. Yes. All right, so you're going to take... Will I take it? 12 points of piercing damage, plus Mm. another 10 points of damage from his sharpshooter trait. Plus... Wait, 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 wait. Where are you at right now? What was that number? 
All right, so 12, because I rolled an eight on the die. So what, uh-huh. So you're at 22 right now. 22. I don't want that damage. So you see this guy unfold this bow almost reverently and hold it up and pull his turtleneck down a little bit. Uh, and you can see now that this guy's an Aarakocra. He's beaked. He, he's got the coloring and feather patterns of an eagle. And he almost seems to whisper to his bow for a moment. And then he leans forwards and focuses on the shot and zips it right dead smack into your goddamn chest. And in addition to the 12 from the arrow, the 10 from the bonus sharpshooter damage, he also burned a key point. Oh, no. Uh, all four of these fuckers are monks, by the way. What? Oh, no. What the hell is a key point? You, we were just okay, in well, the... Fu- oh, my God. Oh, a key point. Okay, key <laughs> point. I, I, I was I was thinking K-E-Y, not K-I. <laughs> like, I was like, what? I was... Got you. Well, I'm, I'm taking half this damage. I'm just throwing that out there. That's fine. This is his first attack. Oh, no. <laughs> he has multiple attacks? Yep. Now it makes sense that they were catching these fucking arrows. Yeah. yeah. All in 25 points of damage. 25 points of damage. Well, half that. Using uncanny dodge. Dodge, you go to catch the arrow in response. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. But you are not as fast as a monk, and so it sinks into your chest, but you are able to grip the haft and slow it down some to reduce how much penetration it gets. Was it just the tip that got in? (laughs) In fact, it was just the tip. (laughs) But it hurt like a motherfucker. He's going to do another sharpshooter attack on you, Baba. Don't like that. Mm-mm. Oh my God. Uh, so 24, Baba. I'm sorry. So 19 after the sharpshooter. 19 does not hit. 19 does not hit. All right. Whoa. Well, okay. Well, assuming I'm, do I have my shield? <laughs> so yeah, that straps onto your arm. So it would be awkward, but you would be able to have it strapped on while you're pumping. So I will allow you to, yeah. Okay. Then yeah, then 19 does not hit. Yeah. So I notice they shoot Todd. I see Todd try and catch the arrow. So they, like that puts me on guard that they may shoot at me next. And when I see the arrow coming, I rage and shield and block the arrow up at the same time. And my girls appear on the boat. And as you're going through the swamp, as you go into that battle trance, which allows you to see your sister spirit and your, your senior citizen from the Feywild, you are occasionally catching a glimpse of another spirit. This the swamp has been around for ages, and there have been you know, numerous uh, battles and conflicts over here. There were scouts that were sent out to check out this area beforehand, and a lot of them didn't make it back. So you are catching these flits of these other shadows in the distance. Now, unlike your your sister Mabel, who see you and interact with you and support you, these other shadows don't seem to know that you're there, and it's never more than a flicker or a flash, and it almost makes you question whether or not you're seeing them. But this is starting to happen with more frequency. No one wanted to make the cock block joke on, <laughs> on the block. No? Okay. Oh, God damn it. Missed opportunity. Jesus Christ. You guys are killing me. Oh, <laughs> fucking missed opportunity. Did you tell him to cool off? <laughs> the good news is, yeah, while you may be out of range of a lot of your moves, you are out of range of a lot of their moves right now as well. So Glanz is going to keep pumping at the boat. And then Sahaft... So you see Sahaft as they're pumping away. It's weird. You see them raise up and put their hands together. And almost for a second, you're like, oh, okay, they're going to stop pumping. But these glowing mystical arms sprout from behind them and wrap around and grab the lever and start pumping it. And a second set of arms sprouts out from their shoulder blades. So now this 
tall, thin figure now has six arms. Four of them are glowing mystically. One set of them is pumping away at the boat. The other two, she kind of folds over her chest and readies an action. And that will bring us back to the top of the order with Fate. So our top speed is 120 because it's five of us. Their top speed is what? I said they gained 10 each round. Yeah, so it is 110. Yeah, so 130. Oh, yeah, 130. My bad. The opposite of less. 130, yeah. Okay, so... So they are now 90 feet away from you. Mm, They don't like that. So even if we had, like, two people pumping on one side and two people pumping on the other side, we still couldn't hit... No, max speed 120. That's what what Moyle asked earlier. That sucks. (laughs) Yeah, 120. I'm just thinking... Can we get anyone on their boat to slow them down? Yeah, hypothetically, if you guys got somebody onto their boat, your boat would speed up, their boat would slow down, correct? That sounds like a terrible idea. Baba, you jump on there, you go crazy. And then y'all leave me? Did you see what they did? And then we'll we'll catch up and then we'll we'll bring we'll ping you back to us. When we, when we catch up. You can survive. It's not a bad plan. You can survive. Oh man, that's brilliant. It's not a bad plan. <laughs> how how fast are we gonna outrun them though? Like they're only ten slower than us now, or ten faster. Wait, wait, there's five of us. I don't know I don't know how fast they do the math, man. It's not that much. Not going to be fast enough to outrun them fast enough. Send Moyle with him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is all a fascinating conversation that I'm going to have to ask for somebody fate to take his turn. Darl <laughs> had a good plan. I like playing. Oh. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it involved you living. <laughs> That's why you liked it. It was just, it was just really good. I just thought that it was a good plan. That plan involves me getting MVP. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You get something. You definitely get something. Oh. You send a tank in the healer. <laughs> I don't like that. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I'm going to cast Ray of Frost on their boat to try and slow it down. Okay. Because Ray of Frost does a small bit of damage and then slows it down, slows the target down by 10 feet. What part of the boat are you shooting? The fan. All right. Roll the hit. Well, the armor class is higher, he said. Yeah, he did say that. Fast, so. It's going to be a little bit harder to hit. Boop. Come on. 19. I'm sorry. That does not hit. Damn. Oh, You need a 20 to hit the fan. Yeah, that's not what I was afraid of. That brings us to the Tainted, who is going to evaluate the distance real quick. Fuck. (laughs) You see her jump off the front of the boat and clasp her hands in front of her, her tabard, and there is a pulse of sickly green energy around her, and she goes speeding towards you, running across the surface of the water, and then hops up into the back of the boat next to Fate. Someone's pushing her into the water, right? Somebody. I mean, have at it. You go before me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not pushing shit. I'm going to say that takes up 100% of her. So yeah, she's right there next to Fate at the back of the boat. That brings us to the layer action. So you guys were able to power through the heat section since you didn't slow down. However, your boat is going to go a little bit slower now that it has another person on it. So you're going to lose 10 feet of speed and they are going to gain another 10 feet of speed since they have one person less. See, you gave them. It took my idea, guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> So you guys have pushed through that that heat distortion that was waving around the boat and you guys have entered in the area where you do now, Eldrin, start to see these pillars and boulders, which look like they have either erupted out of the ground or fallen from the sky into the swamp. 
since you were piloting the boat, give me a a D6 roll. D6. Let's go. The six. That is the safe roll. You guys are able to (laughs) make it another round without any major elemental disruption. Uh, Eldrin, as you're steering, you hear the whistle of a boulder hurtling down towards you and you sag the boat sideways and are able to skim kind of hopping across of it, almost drifting around this other pillar of basalt, which has erupted out of the swamp. It's Eldrin fucking Swampio drifts. You're Mario carting your way through these uh, eruptions of earth that are, are spraying unnaturally out of the swamp. But well done, because again, that is another safe round behind you. You see... Uh, their boat, you get a feel that it may have a little bit unnecessary because their boat's moving in a straight line and also just kind of skims right through totally unharmed. Uh. So that will bring us to Moyo, you are up. Would Featherfall last long enough that if I jump towards a boat, cast Featherfall, that by the time that their boat comes, I would fall on their boat? Uh, what? Give me the text of Featherfall? You know, man, calculating physics. I made you stay over here, though, um, well, you, you're the healer. We don't want Choose up to five creatures. To five falling creatures within range. A falling creature's rate of descent slows to 60 feet per round. So that's 60 feet every minute. We're going to say that's 10 feet every 10 seconds. That'd be on top of me jumping. I mean, if you had some way to boost you higher up into the air... Actually, like, let's say hypothetically you had Todd's jump ring and you jumped up into the air with that and then used Featherfall. Like if you comboed those two together, I'd give it to you. But in and of itself, that's like it's a flat bottom boat. You guys are not super high off the ground. You know what I mean? You're not jumping from a high enough angle to drift down into it. And you're you're moving away as they're moving forward. So you don't even get the bonus of that momentum really going towards you. So, man, I was trying to parlay uh, Harlan's momentum with that. We'll do this. You want to ready in action to jump off the boat and cast Featherfall. I will let Todd on his turn slide the ring on your finger like a groom on his wedding day and activate his jump ring. And I will let this happen. But it's going to take you spending your turn to get ready and Todd spending his turn to put the ring on your finger. Sometimes you have to stop more from himself. And um, this is one of those times where... I'm not going to let Moyle go over there and, and, and let yeah, this, I'm not letting this happen. Because Feathered Fall isn't, it's not controlled. No, no, it's, it's a drift. It's a drift. So they could, they could literally just turn left and let you fall into the water. <laughs> <laughs> Moyle is their contract. So, and we all know how bounties work in this universe going back to episode two, that they have to kill him, put the bounty coin on his chest, activate the zone of truth. That's how you collect that bounty if he's dead. So there is definitely some moyal bounty coins sitting in these people's pockets <laughs> that they need to put on his corpse to activate him. So I'll tell you flat out now, you don't have to roll insight. They wouldn't dodge out of the way if y'all <laughs> want to do this. He said, creaking the dungeon master trap open noisily on his... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll totally let this happen. I'm going to need you to go through your spell book and find something to use, but that's not happening. <laughs> Andrew, what are you doing? I'll use the uh, two-handed Warhammer on... Um, it was Glando that uh, landed on the boat. The Tainted is the one who's boarded the boat. <laughs> oh, the Tainted. Glando? Gland- Glando Calrissian. <laughs> the Glandorian. All right, so take a swing at the Tainted then. So that'd be 15. That just hits. Nine. Okay. Solid. Nine points of damage. As soon as uh, the Tainted comes on, I just come with a two-handed to the head. It doesn't do any knockback or anything? <laughs> they can walk on water. What are you going... 
<laughs> you swing your warhammer connect with her noggin moil and it's it's a strong hit but you can tell that the extra padding from the turtleneck is providing some protection because she doesn't even stagger from that that brings us to baba if i attack and then go back to the pedaling it's either you pedal or you attack you can't split your actions between the two Okay. Might as well just take the fight. Yeah. He's in our face. Nothing is hitting him, though. Like, <laughs> Moyle just hit him. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, Moyle connected with the two-handed hammer. Yeah. But it's just they have more than nine hit points. <laughs> what? I'll move around to behind the monk, whichever one this is. The tainted is the one that's on the boat. The tainted. And I will attack with my yikula. Raging, right? Oh, wow. Mm, that does not matter. <laughs> not one. Oof. Okay. Nat one for the first attack, and I will attack again with a 16. A 16 will hit. So in trying to get up, like from the pedaling, I actually get my feet caught in the pedals on my way there, and I fall in between Todd and the monk in uh, the Tainted, and I um, uh, actually slide to almost the edge of the boat, catch myself from falling off the boat, gather myself, and then... Just go for a solid stab into the chest. That'll be 15. That doesn't have my rage damage on it. When Baba gets up, you can see like the, you know, there's always a little bit of moisture in the bottom of a boat and that slide has just soaked. Like talk about literal swamp ass at this point. Baba truly has <laughs> been swamp ass. That's 15. And the ghosts are now bothering the tainted. Jamie, you're up. So uh, realizing that they're just going to keep catching my fucking arrows, I'm going to uh, attack the fan on the boat this time. All right. Ah, 17. It's 20. As if you were trying to shoot an arrow into a powerful source of wind, it uh, is deflected out of the way. The way the 22 will angle into it. Roll me damage. There's a damage threshold of 7 on this, so you've got to do a 7 or higher for it to even count. 10. Nice. So it takes 10 points of damage. Uh, you can see that you sink your arrow into the fan assembly, and it, it creaks a little bit, and it warps it some, enough to do noticeable damage, but not to slow the boat down. Okay. Um, but you, I mean, it's a, it's a good shot. That brings us to Todd, Todd Tiefling. That's me. I'm debating if do we fight the guy that's right in front of us, but I completely stopped the boat at this point in time. It seems like a terrible idea. It's only moving at 60. They're going to gain a nice chunk on us anyway. So you want them to gain all the way on us? Because zero and 120 or 130, they will be on us, won't they? Yeah, but if they gain, if they gain on us and there's only three of them left and we would get this off the off the boat and then we'd be going faster again all right so to be perfectly clear you guys were moving at 60 with your current loadout you are moving at 60 minus 10 because of the extra person on the boat so you guys are moving at 50 yeah i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna attack they're just gonna gain us on the next one and he, this guy will still be here with less life possibly with more with the same amount of life so i'm okay. don't miss oh thank you jamie <laughs> thank you. don't fuck it up Come on, Echo. Let's get let's get busy. Let's get busy. You better <laughs> twenty. Okay, that will hit. Go ahead and give us your sneak attack damage. That's what you should have done when Echo was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> let's get busy. Get busy. <laughs> I can't with y'all. All right, Ty, give me your second attack. Twenty-five. Ooh, twenty-five will hit. Todd sees the guy on his boat. He just he kind of in combat comes up behind it. Does a baseball swing with Echo, swinging for the fences, but doesn't get quite get the head like he was aiming. So kind of just like a, a, a nice 
slice across the chest with the first slice for 16. Okay. And then almost like this, uh, the next swipe as he goes in, he sheaths Echo in the same motion and then pulls out the other sword so it comes back with the other hand and back smacks with the sword for five. You, you hear a muffled from your sheath. God damn, that was so fucking badass. Fucking in the sheath and everything. Fucking shishing. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make the shing noise, but it makes the shishing <laughs> noise. All right, cool. Then that is going to bring us over to Tippy the Just. You see Tippy the Just unfurl her wings and a slight airy glow, a slight blue outline appears around her as she bursts forward with speed to alight on top of your fan using her bonus action to dash fly. And then for her action is going to... She whips out her trident. Oh no, fuck, I'm going to be even shittier. (laughs) So then you see her swoop in, land on top of the fan and cast out a weighted net at Fate, which wraps him up. Fate, I'm assuming a 21 hits. My, My AC is 18. Okay, you are going to get hit with this net then. Can I can I shield? <laughs> okay, so you're going to you're going to use your reaction to cast shield. Yeah. All right, what does that bring your armor class to? Plus 5 from whatever that 23. She casts this net out and it bounces off your shield. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> and that will end her turn. Glands and Shaft are going to keep pumping for their turn cuz they know that's going to end up bringing the boat. And they're not trying to capsize or destroy these boats. They need them to get back. It skips forward and then catches the back of your boat. The back of your boat tilts up a little bit and then falls forward and the front prow of their boat locks up underneath their fan. And now we just have this big platform with all four skins. All four skeins <laughs> are now ready to fuck shit up. That will bring us back to the top of the order. And actually, that's the perfect stopping point for this session. So you guys traveled and uh, encountered uh, Moyle's childhood rival. Uh, Moyle bested him in a the cup stacking challenge. Then things got really fucking ugly. Uh, you were still able to negotiate your way onto a flat bottom boat, at which point Moyle's unknown nemesis, the four skeins, Tippy the Just, uh, Glans Majora, the Tainted, and Sahaft, uh, all arrived. A brief uh, boat combat ensued uh, uh, before uh, they finally were closed up. And we, we end with you guys now all interlocked into a moving platform, traveling through the earth ring of the elemental disruption, the tainted, very hurt, but three other really angry monks, uh, mercenary cultist monks uh, ready to fuck shit up. So that is where we will end this session. Bum, 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 bum. What a cliffhanger. Am I right? No, seriously, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, due to uh, some of our complications, I have had to record these intros and outros with no idea of what's going on this episode. So hopefully all this matches up. That said, Turner does a pretty good job of making sure that we end on a good cliffhanger. So I'm pretty sure this feels right. It's time to thank our Patreon supporters and show off what they get for supporting the Party of Five. So thank you to don't use bad yaml conspiracies either todd promises to well keep being todd bryce miles ken eric luke nolan coral bay nikki zork fox lady kivalagos is my spirit guide Dreken, and brian moyle has a special tentacle with each of your names on it and you all know what he'll do with it as soon as he gets the opportunity keep an eye open gear the sleepy norwegian thomas jacob saganato 
and Yogan. Eldrin's dedicating his nocturnal avian extinction event to each one of you. Bill, the next time fate doesn't entirely incinerate the party, just remember he's only not doing it so that you can continue enjoying this show. Matt Ross Jones and resident alpha patron Lee, Baba's got plenty of effective HP. So when the eventual Patreon member uprising does occur and they all come to get you, just remember that I'm still going to incinerate all three of you together, but at least Baba will be there dying with you all. What does this fine, and we do mean fine, group of individuals get for their support? Access to special video content like the challenge of the challenge ratings, a PVE survival slog where we see who can last the longest against an onslaught of increasingly deadly creatures. The Hunter's Party, a supernatural rewatch show with a D&D homebrew twist. They also get extra world lore, episode outtakes, the MVP after show, swag, and the chance to play with some of the party of five. Head on over to patreon.com slash gmdlcast for more details. But hey, we understand if you can't support financially right now, but you can still help the party of five. Tell somebody about the show. Word of mouth is a huge part of how we can grow the show. Nearly one out of five listeners starts a new podcast based on the recommendation of a friend, relative, or coworker. One in five. Adding that would be like adding the Surly DM back to this podcast production. Just imagine how much better these pre-post and mid-show credits would be. So spread the word. We sincerely appreciate you helping turn people on to our little show. That's it for this one. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the show. Peace. <laughs>